Chapter forty eight of A Short History of the World by H. G. Wells. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter forty eight The Mongol Conquests. But in the thirteenth century, while this strange and finally ineffectual struggle to unify Christendom under the rule of the Pope was going on in Europe, far more momentous events were afoot upon the larger stage of Asia. A Turkish people from the country to the north of China rose suddenly to prominence in the world's affairs, and achieved such a series of conquests as has no parallel in history. These were the Mongols. At the opening of the thirteenth century they were a horde of nomadic horsemen, living very much as their predecessors, the Huns, had done, subsisting chiefly upon meat and mare's milk, and living in tents of skin. They had shaken themselves free from Chinese dominion, and brought a number of other Turkish tribes into a military confederacy. Their central camp was at Karakorum in Mongolia. At this time China was in a state of division. The great dynasty of Tang had passed into decay by the tenth century, and after a phase of division into warring states, three main empires, that of Qin in the north, with Pekin as its capital, and that of Sung in the south, with a capital at Nanking, and Xia in the center remain. In 1214, Genghis Khan, the leader of the Mongol confederates, made war on the Qin empire and captured Pekin, 1214. He then turned westward and conquered western Turkestan, Persia, Armenia, India down to Lahore, and South Russia as far as Kiev. He died master of a vast empire that reached from the Pacific to the Dnieper. His successor, Ogdai Khan, continued this astonishing career of conquest. His armies were organized to a very high level of efficiency, and they had with them a new Chinese invention, gunpowder, which they used in small field guns. He completed the conquest of the Qin Empire, and then swept his hosts right across Asia to Russia, 1235, an altogether amazing march. Kiev was destroyed in 1240, and nearly all Russia became tributary to the Mongols. Poland was ravaged, and a mixed army of Poles and Germans was annihilated at the Battle of Leignitz in Lower Silesia in 1241. The Emperor Frederick II does not seem to have made any great efforts to stay the advancing tide. It is only recently, says Bury, in his notes to Gibbon's Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire, that European history has begun to understand that the successes of the Mongol army, which overran Poland and occupied Hungary in the spring of A.D. 1241, were won by consummate strategy and were not due to a mere overwhelming superiority of numbers. But this fact has not yet become a matter of common knowledge. The vulgar opinion, which represents the Tartars as a wild horde carrying all before them, solely by their multitude, and galloping through Eastern Europe without a strategic plan, rushing at all obstacles and overcoming them by mere weight, still prevails. It is wonderful how punctually and effectually 
the arrangements were carried out in operations extending from the lower Vistula to Transylvania. Such a campaign was quite beyond the power of any European army of the time, and it was beyond the vision of any European commander. There was no general in Europe, from Frederick II downward, who was not a tyro in strategy compared to Subutai. It should also be noticed that the Mongols embarked upon the enterprise with full knowledge of the political situation of Hungary and the condition of Poland, they had taken care to inform themselves by a well-organized system of spies. On the other hand, the Hungarians and the Christian powers, like childish barbarians, knew hardly anything about their enemies. But though the Mongols were victorious at Lignitz, they did not continue their drive westward. They were getting into woodlands and hilly country, which did not suit their tactics, and so they turned southward and prepared to settle in Hungary, massacring or assimilating the kindred Magyar, even as these had previously massacred and assimilated the mixed Scythians and Avars and Huns before them. From the Hungarian plain they would probably have made raids west and south, as the Hungarians had done in the ninth century the Avars in the seventh, and eighth, and the Huns in the fifth. But Ogdai died suddenly, and in 1242 there was trouble about the succession, and recalled by this, the undefeated hosts of Mongols began to pour back across Hungary and Romania towards the east. Thereafter the Mongols concentrated their attention upon their Asiatic conquests, by the middle of the 13th century, they had conquered the Sung Empire. Mangu Khan succeeded Ogdai Khan as Great Khan in 1251, and made his brother Kublai Khan governor of China. In 1280, Kublai Khan had been formally recognized Emperor of China, and so founded the Yuan dynasty, which lasted until 1368. While the last ruins of the Sung rule were going down in China, another brother of Mango, Hulagu, was conquering Persia and Syria. The Mongols displayed a bitter animosity to Islam at this time, and not only massacred the population of Baghdad when they captured that city, but set to work to destroy the immemorial irrigation system which had kept Mesopotamia incessantly prosperous and populous from the early days of Sumeria. From that time until our own, Mesopotamia has been a desert in ruins, sustaining only a scanty population. Into Egypt the Mongols never penetrated. The Sultan of Egypt completely defeated an army of Hulagus in Palestine in 1260. After that disaster, the tide of Mongol victory ebbed. The dominions of the great Khan fell into a number of separate states. The eastern Mongols became Buddhists, like the Chinese. The western became Muslim. The Chinese threw off the rule of the Yian dynasty in 1368 and set up the native Ming dynasty, which flourished from 1368 to 1644. The Russians remained tributary to the Tartar hordes upon the southeast steppes until 1480, when the Grand Duke of Moscow repudiated his allegiance and laid the foundation of modern Russia. 
In the 14th century, there was a brief revival of Mongol vigor under Timurlane, a descendant of Genghis Khan. He established himself in western Turkestan, assumed the title of Grand Khan in 1369, and conquered from Syria to Delhi. He was the most savage and destructive of all the Mongol conquerors. He established an empire of desolation that did not survive his death. In 1505, however, a descendant of this Timur, an adventurer named Babur, got together an army with guns and swept down upon the plains of India. His grandson Akbar, 1556-1605, completed his conquests, and this Mongol, or Mogul as the Arabs called it, dynasty ruled in Delhi over the greater part of India until the 18th century. One of the consequences of the first great sweep of Mongol conquest in the 13th century was to drive a certain tribe of Turks, the Ottoman Turks, out of Turkestan into Asia Minor. They extended and consolidated their power in Asia Minor, crossed the Dardanelles and conquered Macedonia, Serbia and Bulgaria, until at last Constantinople remained, like an island, amongst the Ottoman dominions. In 1453, the Ottoman Sultan, Mohammed II, took Constantinople, attacking it from the European side with a great number of guns. This event caused intense excitement in Europe, and there was talk of a crusade, but the day of the crusades was past. In the course of the 16th century, the Ottoman Sultans conquered Baghdad, Hungary, Egypt, and most of North Africa, and their fleet made them masters of the Mediterranean. They very nearly took Vienna, and they exacted its tribute from the emperor. There were but two items to offset the general ebb of Christian dominion in the 15th century. One was the restoration of the independence of Moscow, 1480. The other was the gradual reconquest of Spain by the Christians. In 1492, Granada, the last Muslim state in the peninsula, fell to King Ferdinand of Aragon and his Queen Isabella of Castile. But it was not until as late as 1571 that the naval battle of Lepanto broke the prick of the Ottomans and restored the Mediterranean waters to Christian ascendancy. End of chapter 48